far too many female advisors have spent years adapting to a business model designed for men, which often undermines their strengths as women. Not anymore. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast, a show designed to empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller-Heckman, founder of Femex Advisor, will inspire and empower women to leverage their natural strengths as women and create a more successful practice that feels effortless. Follow along for female-driven inspirational and motivational strategies to help you create the extraordinary life you have always wanted. Now, onto the show. Well, welcome everybody to today's Femex Advisor podcast. At Femex Advisor, women fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. You know, we all know that saying, she believed she could, so she did. Well, my guest today didn't believe she could, and then she did. I think we all have those moments when we doubt what we're capable of. Well, my guest today used her own experience of limiting beliefs to spur her career. Jamie Serrano is the VP of Advisor Development with Advisors Excel, a company that provides back office, product, marketing, and business coaching support. I mean, they just do it all. But Jamie is a huge advocate for women and will not stop until every woman has reached her true potential. So, Jamie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Adri. Well, we're we're not only coworkers or peers, but we're friends, and we share very similar attitudes towards what we want to see for women, for female advisors in this industry. But take me back for a minute. You're a very open, a very direct, a very fearless woman in your role of supporting and encouraging women. Were you always that way? No, definitely not. That is something that I have had to build and uh, gain over years and years of experience and failures and wins and tears and frustration. Right. It gets <laughs> ugly. It does. <laughs> so no, haven't always been this way, but definitely uh, have a passion for it now. I've been through quite the journey in life yeah. and if I can help other women get through that journey a little easier, then that's that would make my day. Well, let me start with you got, how did you get in to this business? You were young. Yep. I was young. So it was about 20 years ago and I was working for a different marketing organization, not Advisors Excel. And I was working with financial advisors and talking product and, and a little bit of coaching, not nearly what I was doing today, but working with financial advisors and they all just made it look so easy. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go be a financial advisor. I, I work with these people every day. I can do it. Why not? And uh that's what led me to a, a captive organization. I worked with Ohio National a long time ago. And that's when I found out it wasn't as easy as it looks. No, it is. I mean, you know, I was a, an athlete. I accomplished so many things, paddled an outrigger canoe across the channels in Hawaii. Being a financial advisor was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. It is hardest, but probably most of the, one of the most rewarding professions to be in. Agreed. I and th I think that's what keeps us in it, right? Yeah. So absolutely. keep going. 
Yeah. So when I was at Ohio National, again, it was a struggle. Uh, I didn't have a marketing organization like Advisors Excel. They were a little bit more on the captive side. So you stayed within the Ohio National boundaries, whether it be products or marketing ideas. And there wasn't a lot of support to help me get in front of people, which I think is probably the hardest thing for individuals, whether you're male or female, that's probably the hardest thing as an advisor is getting in front of enough people. And they would sit you down in front of a computer with this piece of paper and they would say, okay, list out a hundred people that you know in your circle of influence, just a hundred people you know. And then they would teach you to go back to those people that you know and have conversations with them. And sell them. Yeah. Sell that scared them. scared me to death. <laughs> scared me. And there was no finding a certain market that you wanted to focus on or a niche. I mean, I would have 20-year-olds and 50-year-olds in there and they're very, very different clients. And I didn't know what to do for either one of them at the time. And those are the last people you want to approach because yeah. you want to really be in your game, at the top of your game, because those are important people to you. And to have to go prospect them, I don't know what the industry was thinking, but for women, that is painful. It is. It absolutely is. And that's actually one of the reasons that made me realize I wasn't home. This wasn't going to fit for me at Ohio National. And at the same time, one of my very best friends from uh, junior high and high school decided to start her own financial advisory business. She had no background as being a financial advisor. Her husband worked for this company called Advisors Excel. And she came to me. She's like, you know, I have no experience in running the business. I just want to go meet with people. And I, at this point, had all the experiences of the marketing background. And so she's like, instead of competing, let's join forces. And, and I got to tell you, joining forces with her was that pivotal moment in my life where game changer. Yeah, it was. Why? Why? Uh, mainly because I found my passion. When I was with Megan, I found my true passion. Yes, I was still an advisor, but Megan tasked me with that job of how do we get in front of people? And now I'm independent, so I don't have rules and restrictions on me on how I can get in front of those people. So I was able to be creative. And we did radio, we did TV, we did workshops, we did all these great marketing things that would help us get in front of people instead of list 100 people you know and go sell them and then hope they give you a referral and go sell them. So we isn't it funny, the first experience you had, what you felt you couldn't do was find people, find leads. And yet you were just boxed in. They were only yeah. giving you one way to do it. Yep. It and comes back to that limiting thought. <laughs> yes. And so now you take, you get in this new position and, you know, you're the one bringing in all the leads. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was, I love I, that. And I found that the thing that I feared the most ended up being the thing I was most passionate about. And good at. Yeah, absolutely. And so much so, I actually decided, you know what? I'm not going to be an advisor. I'm going to focus on bringing the people to Megan because she was the numbers person. She was the one with the accounting background. She loved, girl loves spreadsheets. 
She could spreadsheet all day long. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) She she loved the planning. My passion was let's get out there and see how many people, how many families we could go out and impact in our community. I loved that. You know, I look at your, the history here, right? I've got to believe that 99% of the women that entered the financial industry over the past 20 years and maybe longer because it was longer for me, we're told there was one way to do business. And for my generation, it was sitting in the bullpen cold calling. Now, I'm sorry. That was the most painful experience. It wasn't the calling. It was sitting there dialing, dialing, dialing. My brain is going, as a woman, my brain is going 100 miles an hour to be focused on one thing with no creativity, no alternatives, no way to do three things at the same time, it wasn't going to work. And did you ever notice that when they give you those scripts, they'll give you scripts and say, here, go use this. And you stayed on those scripts because that's what you're told to do. And then it's not putting you in there. It's not your personality. It's not your passions. And if If I had anything to tell my earlier self, I would have said, change those scripts. So it's authentic and it's you. you. Yes. As a national training officer with Smith Barney, the trainees would come into the training center for three weeks. And the third week, they'd go in the bullpen. We had this huge room and they'd be on the phone and we would have access to their calls. (laughs) And so when there was an objection, which... I think that's the one thing I hated the most is how to overcome objections. And I think you're getting objections because you're not doing something right to begin with. Yep. Yep. And so they teach you how to manipulate, how to maneuver people into a corner so that they say yes, but they're not 100% yes. So let's go back. I We could go on this path for an hour. Yeah. It was your next move where you really experienced limiting beliefs. It was. So when I was with Megan, we went from just starting up a business with nothing to we were doing $20 million a year in new assets that we were bringing on to the firm. Within two years, we did that. So that's a pretty aggressive growth for a new company. Very huge. Now, we did work with Advisors Excel at that time. And that kind of perked their ears up of of what I was doing to help Megan grow that so quickly. So that's when they asked me to join Advisors Excel more just as a coaching assistant to one of the other VPs. And uh, I'll I'll tell you my experience here, Adri, with that, because, you know, again, I didn't come in at the top at Advisors Excel. I came in at a lower level position And one day we were in this meeting and this is a fairly young company, but even after seven years, they hadn't hired a new VP or a new team leader in that seven years. And in this meeting, they announced, hey, we're going to hire a new VP. They listed four qualifications and they said, if you have the qualifications and you're interested stay after this meeting and we'll tell you the details of the interview process. And I got out of my chair with the girl (laughs) next to me that I've been with at a very, for a very long time, even at the previous marketing organization we worked with. And we both stood up and we walked out 
And we looked at each other as we walked out the doorway of the conference room and she looks and she goes, why didn't you stay? And I looked at her and I'm like, why didn't you stay? And we laugh and I'm like, they're not going to hire a woman. All everyone in leadership was men at the time. They, I just, they're not going to hire a woman. And I went back to my desk and I went on with my life. And you know what? Two months later, they still had two months. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I kick myself now about this. But two months later, they still had not hired a VP. And I was sitting there talking to my husband and he's like, I don't know why you don't apply. You have all even more qualifications. I mean, you're a licensed advisor. You have all this background in marketing. You would be an amazing VP. And I said, you know what? You're right. Uh, I'm going to apply. And what am I going to lose? If I just apply, all they're going to do is say no. And why am I so afraid of being told no? We're so afraid of failing. And I think it was my moment that I had to realize failure was going to be a part of my success. And I had to learn to be okay with it now. So sure enough, I did apply. And actually, we haven't talked about this, Adri, but I will tell you the (laughs) funny part since this is for women. So I was, I had just found at the same time I had found out I carried the gene for ovarian and breast cancer. And I knew I was going to have a hysterectomy. And that was part of the thing that was holding me back because I was thinking about, I don't want to put the company in a position because I'm going to have to have this surgery. (laughs) I put myself above my company and I'm like, I don't want to apply. It'll, you know, it'll be bad on them because I'm going to be out for six weeks. And so I go through the interview process, knowing that my surgery was in August and this was in May. And I'm like, this is so far away. We're fine. And I go through the interview process. And I remember I got to my very last interview and we had to create a whole business plan in in front of our founders and all of these managers. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. And it's very intimidating because it was an all male room. (laughs) Now. I put on my favorite jacket that I was rocking that day. <laughs> and I still call that my rocking VP jacket anytime <laughs> I, I wear it because I felt good about myself. And I went in there and did the presentation and I said, oh my gosh, I am killing this. I, this is amazing. And I get to the very last question of the interview. And one of the founders, he looks at me, he goes, Jamie, you have all the qualifications and it took you a while to apply. Can you tell me why? And Adri, I was like, oh my gosh, there is about to be word vomit coming out of my mouth and there's nothing. You know what's coming. It. And I'm like, they're going, oh my gosh. So I looked him straight in the eye. I said, well, one, I knew I was going to have to have a surgery and I didn't want it to interfere with your plans of hiring this VP. And the second thing is, is I just didn't think you'd hire a woman. I love that you said it. It came, it just came out of my mouth. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I just said that. So I walk out of the room and weeks go by and I hear nothing. And I had pretty much dismissed it. I have my surgery. Two days after my surgery, I'm still on medication. My boss at the time calls me and he says, hey, can I come over for a visit? And I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, sure, I'm on drugs. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> And I had had other coworkers stop by. So the day he comes over, I open the door and I'm still pain medication, but I did put on my best sweatpants. 
your VP sweatpants, my VP sweatpants. And I opened the door and there's my boss and one of the owners of the company. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So they came to my house to actually offer me the job of VP, which was super exciting. But when they were leaving, the owner gives me this big hug, tells me how proud he is of me and how strong I was and confident in the meeting. And then he turns around and starts laughing because I can't believe you said that I you didn't think I would hire a woman. <laughs> he just and we knew I could laugh. But Adri, that was my reasoning in my brain, not his. And you know what? It was totally authentic. It was while it was just this, you know, natural reaction that just came out. Thank God you didn't have to think about it because it may not have come out. But we need, as women, we need to speak up like that and let the industry know that you don't get women and you're missing the boat. Yep. Right. So let me go back for a minute. When you were given the opportunity, what I heard was you said they won't hire a woman, but that was only one piece of it. The other piece was limiting beliefs. And then you had people who loved and supported you who could see your value and really encouraged you. Correct. I love that. Then I cannot tell you how many women make decisions in business. I have a daughter right now. She just made a big decision, a a big career move. And she just kept talking about, it'll leave my company in a bad place. I said, it's not, that's not your problem. You need to focus on where you're going to excel. Where is your home? It's like we think it's almost like we women think we're God and we're supposed to take care of everybody. No, our job is to get through our limiting beliefs, to push through out of our comfort zone, to get into our brilliance. Yep. Right. You learned your brilliance, marketing, coaching, supporting, inspiring. And that's what you do now. Yep. And, you know, the funny thing is, is when I and I guess it's not funny, but when I coach other women or they come to speak to me, it baffles me because I see so much of myself in them and they just think I was born with confidence and drive. I wasn't born this way. I I think with every t- every experience that we yes. have, whether it's a failure or a win, we're constantly learning. And it was that experience that I had with almost denying myself really the position of a lifetime for me. I mean, I truly am living in my brilliance every day. I jump out of bed and I'm excited about what I do. I almost held myself back because I was limiting myself. Yes. And I think the more... I started to take those little chances and be okay with failures along the way. That's when my confidence started to build. Yes. You know, I I, see that with, with other female advisors that I coach. I did a lot of sports and my kids did a lot of sports. And I always felt that, that when my children experienced a loss, 
they were growing more. Yep. And we look at these failures, women, we see them as failures. We need to see them as stepping stones to where we're supposed to be. Yeah. These getting laid off, having something go wrong, being mistreated, that is telling you this is not where you're supposed to be. There's a better place. There's a better place. There's a better place. God or the universe has bigger plans for you. And yes. stop trying to control where you're supposed to be because it feels comfortable. Right. You know, I'll also say not just for the women advisors that I work with, but it's been a challenge to teach the women advisors who are also leaders to teams that they work with. You have to let your people make mistakes. Oh, you know? yes. And that's a big thing for me is if people, you know, anybody who works on my team, they know they can come to me when they make mistakes and they're not scared to tell me. Because you know what I'm going to do is exactly what we just talked about. We're going to talk about the mistake and how we can correct things going forward. And we learn from it and we're better yes. for it. So I welcome them to bring me when they make mistakes or they fail. Yes. Because all we're going to do is come out better. My manager used to say, Adri, I bring you in here and compliment you and you walk out. But I bring you in here to give you constructive criticism and you sit down and say, tell me more. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, before I became a financial advisor, I was the branch administrator of a big branch and I was in charge and responsible for training and coaching and hiring all the support staff. And I would put everything into supporting and training and coaching support staff, right? A sales assistant is what we called them then. But if after three times they weren't improving, I knew that by not moving, pushing them forward, I was denying them the opportunity to find where they really will shine. And who am I to enable somebody to stay in mediocrity when there is something amazing out there for them. Right? Yep. I love that. So, Jamie, you've been through it, and you are in your brilliance. You are so good at what you do. And there are less than five women I know in the industry that are 150%. I mean, you will go down fighting for women, right? <laughs> yes, I what, will. What piece of advice... One piece of advice would you give the women listening to this? I think it's probably the number one lesson that I've had to learn, and it might sound bad at first, but I'll explain. You have to get that because I'm a woman out of your head. Take it and throw it away. Now, absolutely, there are instances out there that things happen because of gender. Yes. Absolutely. I'm not going to take that away. Yes, there are those instances. But for the most part, just like what I did to myself, I limited myself because of that, because I'm a woman. If you take that away, even when you are sitting with clients, and I love this, Adri, because I know this is part of your coaching. 
But when you're sitting with a couple, and I've done it, ladies, where I can see that the male has completely checked out because I'm female. And sometimes there are those gentlemen who don't like to hear things from women or feel don't like to feel like they don't know as much as a woman. And that absolutely is something. But there are ways to turn that around. Don't run from that. Don't run from that. Embrace it and change your language. And Adri, I love the language that you give to the listeners and the people that you coach on making those people understand. And yeah, I did sit with a gentleman one time and I loved it because I could feel not only, I mean, I'm fine saying it. I'm 44 years old. I have always looked young. I'm 4'11". I'm a tiny little thing. I get it. I, you don't want to take yeah. advice from somebody who looks like they're 15. But I had this gentleman in front of me and I could sense that he was having this issue. And in fact, so much, he didn't even bring his wife to the meeting, which really stressed me out because I feel like the woman needed to be Needs a part, to of, be a part of it. Absolutely. So what I did is I changed. I can't go with this guy with the facts and do my normal process. I've got to connect with him or this isn't going any further. And so when I was talking to him about his needs and what he was concerned about, which he was a little shy about offering, I picked up on one thing. He was very concerned about his wife. He was concerned about her and he wanted to make sure she was okay. So what I did is I took that passion and concern he had for his wife and I made him the hero. And I said, you know what? I think it's amazing. I think you're a, an amazing man. And that's there's a lot to be said with a man of your honor who would be so concerned about your wife. And I love that. You know, a lot of times I see that when male passes away and leaves the wife, now the wife is with an advisor that she may not feel comfortable talking to because it's usually your buddy or somebody you've went golfing with or somebody that you have a connection with, but she might not have a connection with. Would you mind bringing her in just so I can talk to her? I would love to get her guidance from her eyes of how she feels about her financial situation because you said it. That is, you care so much about your wife. I bet you anything, she will be very moved by the gesture of you bringing her in here and showing her how much you care. See how I I just made him a hero to his wife? Well, and and you know, (laughs) yes. And I think two things as we wrap up. One, as women, we're very intuitive. We're very intuitive. And we pick up on nuances like that. But secondly, we must be fearless in our approach. We must, and that fear comes from belief. You know, overcoming the fear comes from truly believing what is the right thing to do. And you did the right thing, but you allowed your unique strengths as a woman to weave that message in. And that's what we're really good at. Yeah. Jamie, this has been awesome. You know, you'll be back on my, my <laughs> podcast. For those of you who love this message, share the podcast with all the women advisors. Together, we're going to change the world, ladies. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, thank you. 
Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor Podcast with Adri Miller-Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.